This episode of Seawolf Pod was recorded Monday, May 14th, 2018. As such, some things may have changed since then. For the latest updates, visit seawolfpod.com, where you can keep up on Seawolf's rugby news through Seawolf Pod social media and blog. Last, please be aware I do not censor this podcast in the interest of time, so it may contain explicit content. Here's the show. This is Seawolf Pod. Welcome to Seawolf Pod, the Major League Rugby podcast for Seattle Seawolves fans presented by SeawolfPod.com. I'm your host, Raymond Torkelson. Let's talk some Seawolves rugby. Hey, Wolf Pod. It is the end of week four or round four in Major League Rugby. It was an interesting weekend. Um, you may have seen some of the other games, but as you know, this is a Seawolves podcast, so I'm here to mainly talk about the Seawolves, and we had an interesting, spoiler alert, win over the New Orleans Gold, uh, which is commonly referred to as NOLA Gold. Um, hope you had a chance to watch the game. Whether you did or not, you might find interesting today's podcast. I'm going to go into the game a bit, which I did some stat keeping on. Um, Everything from the basics like tries and conversions and penalties to tackles made, tackles missed, uh, carries with the ball... Rocks, uh, I mean, I'm just like, I'm a little fried from keeping all these stats, frankly, and I hope I can find a better way. I've received some help from a great listener on uh, potential software, which maybe most people know about, but I'm still figuring out. So uh, anyways, thanks for tuning in, and um, yeah, let's, let's get to the game. I wanted to add that all my listeners are great. I didn't mean anything by that comment other than one of them has been helping me with this whole software thing. So I think um, what's going to work best is if I break down the stats into sections, kind of like I've broken down my podcast into sections. So um, let's keep it simple, and we'll make it about offense and defense. We'll start with um, we'll start with defense first. Offense is you know kind of the the sexy part of rugby, I guess, where you score. Um, defense is like. What do they say? Like it's kind of like a dad thing to be like, yeah, defense wins championships or whatever. So it's not quite as, uh, I don't know. There's there's not as much flashiness to it, but it's important, and we're really good at it, our team. So um, let me jump in here. For anyone who doesn't know, the final score was thirty-one twenty-nine. Uh, good guys. And at halftime, the score was 10-15. We were down. Um, Defense definitely played a big role in this. So check this out. Turnovers won. Um, If you don't know what a turnover is, it on defense... uh, Well, turnovers won already implies that you're on defense because you're winning the turnover. You're getting the ball from the other team. Possession is changing from like Nola has the ball and then you do something such that you win the ball for your team, the Seawolves. So this could look like 
uh, stripping the ball and a tackle from one of the NOLA players. Um, it could look like a interception of a pass. Um, it could be tackling a player into touch. It's being the, the sole player that, that causes that to happen, the turnover. So, um, our blindside flanker, I've struggled with this. I struggled with his name on the last pod, but I know how to say it. I say it perfectly every time I'm not on the podcast. Talu Ta'au, our blindside flanker in this match, won two turnovers. Nakai Penny, our open side flanker, these are both forwards, our flankers, won one turnover. Um, Shermer won another. So did Mac. Um, Talu Ta'a was the only player on our side who won two turnovers. Um, besides the other flanker, Shermer, Mac, and... Um, there were a couple others, um, Turner, our left wing, number 11, and then our captain, Shalom Suniula, at inside center. They both won a turnover for us. So did um, Missile at right wing, uh, and then also uh, Will Holder, who's been playing fly half for us, but was playing fullback today because um, Peter Smith was, was called up to play 10. So in total, um, we won five turnovers in the first half, four in the second half, nine total. Um, I don't know if that's like where that sits in general for a match, if that's high or low, but you can think about in 80 minutes we were winning – at least one turnover every 10 minutes. I mean, Nola was probably pretty pissed about that. You'd be pretty pissed if your team turned the ball over once every 10 minutes. Uh, 10 minutes is not that long. It's already been like 10 minutes on the podcast. Um, And what else? Um, Yeah, so turnovers one is just one. I mean, there's a ton of areas to look at on defense, but I think this is interesting for sure. Um, And then let's look at our tackles and our tackling efficiency. Oh, yeah, I forgot to add when I was talking about uh, Will Holder being fullback today. uh, Today, the match should not happen. So that was a couple days ago. That would have been – I need to wake up here. Uh, It would have been Saturday. Saturday's a rugby day, right? All right, so tackles. Let's talk about the first half. We had 60 tackles, which is a lot. That's a lot of work to make 60 tackles in 40 minutes. Um, I can tire a team out, especially in 86-degree weather with humidity in the south and uh, just sunshine beating down on you, which um, you know might be nice to just relax in. Uh, actually, it doesn't sound that nice to relax in when you think about the humidity, but certainly is more difficult when you're playing rugby. So we had 60 tackles in the first half, and we missed 16. Um, we missed more tackles in the first half than the second half, where we brought it down to 10 tackles missed. But we 
were tackling less anyways in the second half. Maybe the game was slowing down a bit as both sides were getting tired. We made 32 tackles in the second half. So just do some quick mental math here. That's 92 tackles total. That's more than one tackle a minute. That's a lot. Um, And then missed tackles total in the game was 26. From there, just if you were going to do this on your own and track the tackles, if you want to figure out the percentage of tackles we missed, um, easy. I'm just talking out loud, thinking out loud now because I suck at math. Um, It's going to be uh, 92 plus... I'm going to pull my calculator out right now. We're going to do this. So we had 92 tackles total. Um, there were 26 that we missed. So add those together. And that was like 118 opportunities to make tackles, um, 92 of which we seized. So um, 26 divided by 118 is going to get us our uh, rate of uh, Airing on tackling. So 26 divided by 118, that is 22%. So one in f- over one in five tackles we were missing. Again, this is according to uh, yours truly stat sheet. This is the WolfPod stat sheet, which is a work in progress. Um, Phil Mack, if you're listening out there, you've probably already done your film and your stat keeping and you're just like cringing, um, thinking about what I'm doing with my spreadsheet over here uh, down in Portland. But, um, you know, I did my best here and it it looks like, according to my stats, we were missing one in five tackles, which, um, I mean, you know, we did pull out a win, but um, it, it was close and... It's it's one it, it was a it was a win where I would say we could have done a um, just a better job preventing some things on defense from happening um, from preventing some of the tries that were scored there. I think there were some some blatant missed tackles that you know we're just we're not going to feel good good about looking back at, but we're not going to be hard on ourselves about and uh, keep moving forward. Uh, an interesting stat here you don't look at very often necessarily is um, assist tackles. So tackling in rugby is interesting. This this came from a different code of rugby. Again, you may remember from an earlier podcast that Major League Rugby is, is the code of rugby called Rugby Union. But in Rugby League, uh, there's a form of tackling that, that developed, um, which is sort of like uh, two-on-one tackles where one player goes for the legs and then the second player assists in the tackle and throws like a shoulder into their into the ball um, the ball being carried in in the ball carrier's hands um, so to to make an assist tackle you don't have to throw your shoulder into the ball you just have to be involved in um, assisting in the tackle. In the first half, we had quite a few assist tackles, um, unless my math is wrong, but it looks like we had 
30 assist tackles in the first half, and then I either just stopped tracking them seriously or we just had less, which would make sense because we were tackling less. Again, if you remember, 32 tackles total. Um, it looks like we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven total assist tackles in the second half. So 37 assist tackles total. That's not bad. Um, that's what I've got today for defense. Um, I think one thing, though, that a uh, stat I want to throw in here before I jump into um, offense I guess there's a little more on defense I could talk about. I could also get into um, lineouts, scrums, and then um, kickoffs. So I'll jump into that, and then I'll get into rucks, which I just keep track of in general and not according to offense and defense. So for lineouts, um, Nola had... Six lineouts in the first half and four in the second half. Um, if my stat keeping is correct, they were successful in, of those 10 total, they were successful in nine of those. Um, in terms of patterns, um, they favored throwing to the middle. Um, and then probably the front next, they, they threw mostly to the middle, then three times to the front and, um, twice to the back. They were throwing to Sullivan, um, a lot, the number eight. And, you know, in hindsight, having watched those, um, those lineouts, what they were doing is mostly it, it was like a five-man line-out where uh, in, in that line there'd be a, a gap in the middle for three players to walk into and immediately go into the lifting with the two other players already waiting there to assist in the lifting. And um, it just kind of had this, this chaotic sort of feel to it where I could imagine it was difficult for our forwards to anticipate where they were going to lift um, when you've got three guys walking up to another two that are already there, and then they just rapidly make that decision to where they're going to lift. Um, I'm not sure if we've seen that against teams before, but it felt like something new that I was watching. Um, I'm sure it's common in rugby, and it's just something I haven't seen before, but um, it was interesting. And we even started doing it back to them. I don't know if we were like mocking them or what was going on because I've been pretty accustomed to seeing all of our forwards, all seven, since the hooker's throwing it in, um, in the lineout. So that's what defense looked like in the lineouts. Um, in terms of defense in the scrums, they had on um, Nola had in the first half four scrums. And in the second half, they had five scrums, so nine total. And uh, not, not every single one of them uh, went so well for them. Um, I have marked down a penalty in the 41st minute on the 50, which I think was for... It, it might have been for pulling down the scrum. Um, I can check that on my 
penalty sheet, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, it was pulling down on the scrum. It was uh, their tight head prop. Um, and we ended up kicking it and getting a line out out of that. But uh, for the most part, they were successful in their scrums. So, um, and they were they were having their number eight forward pick it up uh, three times out of those out of those nine scrums. Um, and it it looks like <laughs> I'm kind of interpreting my notes here, but um, that would be eight of ten successful or excuse me seven of nine successful scrums on their side so you know scrums are something that we're good at as a team we saw in our home opener against san diego we know how to scrum um we didn't even really have uh, a, a tough time against glendale scrumming but they just kind of made an art out of uh, losing the scrum while getting clean ball, which is just the scrum half being able to get the ball out of the back of the scrum cleanly. Um, and today we just didn't put, um, you know, enough pressure on that we were going to get like three penalty tries, which was kind of insane for any rugby match, um, let alone the opening day of Major League Rugby against uh, San Diego. It was a couple weeks ago. So this Saturday, that's what scrumming looked like on defense. Um, as for kickoffs, um, we were always kicking to the left-hand side. We had six kickoffs. Um, the sixth at the towards the end was sort of more in the middle than left-hand side, but... Um, it was it was Peter Smith doing the kickoffs, I believe, like at least four out of six of them, and then the latter two were by Shalom Suniula, our captain. Um, there there were definitely like the I want to say it was the the first kickoff, and then either the second to last or the last kickoff, um, or no, excuse me, it was the, when we opened the second half. And then towards the end of the second half, um, we just didn't even get the ball 10 meters, which just, it kind of had this like tail in between our legs kind of vibe. That wasn't great. We were, we were kicking it typically um, either short or middle. Um, There were a couple of deep middle ones, but um, the, the trend was short and, and middle. So then um, the other thing I wanted to jump into before I transition over to offense stats was um, just rucks. So in the first half, I, I hope I wasn't recording these double, but I had us for 40 rucks. Um, that's, that's a lot of work at the breakdown. And in the second half, um, interesting though, the second half, we also had 40, um, 14 of which were by number 20 Van Harn, who was a new signing, um, 
as a back rower for us. Pretty exciting. Um, so 40-40 even. I mean, I was just super impressed with number 20 Van Harden's uh, ability to be at, like, every breakdown, it felt like. And, um, you know, I was constantly pausing the game, trying to get these stats right. So I didn't really hear if the commentators got into whether they found that impressive, too. Um, I hope they did because that was something uh, pretty special to see. So that's, that's um, you know, a little bit of defense, some set-piece stuff on defense, and then rucks, which, again, I've said I was not looking, breaking it down, which I hope to in the future, um, into offensive uh, rucking or defensive rucking. The ruck is something that probably deserves um, a lot of time to explain clearly to those who aren't familiar with it and to those who are and those who know it really well. Um, I'm, I'm sure it gets, it's just frustrating seeing it explained not clearly. So I don't want to get into anything too <laughs> obscure or complicated here. Um, plain and simple when the ball is on the ground, um, whether it's placed after a tackle or it's just on the ground, period. Um, a ruck occurs when two players, one from each opposing side, um, make contact with each other in a, in a contest to get that ball on the ground. So a ball can be picked up off the ground when the ruck is not formed, but a ruck forms once that contact is made between the opposing players. So what does that mean? It means it's time to not use your hands. You have to use your foot to, quote, ruck the ball um, out of that segment or sequence, what's called the breakdown, the ruck. It's, It's all synonymous terms, and then it gets confusing when you use ruck as, like, a verb because um, there's rucking and then there's the ruck but um, rucking is a really important part of the game sometimes you'll see I mean you'll see a lot of like I saw a lot of rucks that just weren't contested um, when I was watching this game and that just means that the the defense recognized it wasn't worth putting a person into the ruck to go get a ball that they just weren't going to get um, they'd rather be ready on defense and, you know, recognize that the offense had the support there to um, defend or secure the ball. So that's that's a little bit on rucking. Um, I would love to break that down in a video. I bet that'd be pretty cool. You should definitely hit me up on social media or just email or whatever on my website that you see. You want to contact me Um let me know if you want if you want more on the ruck, but it could get it could get boring pretty quick too. And it's just all technical stuff. There's stuff with offsides. It's the back foot of the last player on each side of the ruck. It's just like you should kind of learn as you go if you don't know. All right, so um, yeah, we had a fun time on offense. Holder scored a try in the 31st minute. Rasalika scored in the 44th minute. Tiberio, Peter Tiberio, Tiberio um, scored in the 57th minute, so he was a replacement. And then Turner scored in the 67th uh, minute, 
So that those tries alone, it, you know, one in the first half, three in the second half, total of 20 points right there because they're five points each, those four tries. Um, and then we were able to convert every single one of those kicks. Um, props to our fly half, Peter Smith, for pulling that off for us. Um he also slotted a penalty kick in the 26th minute. Um, if you're curious, scoring on the other side for Nola was uh, Rina Kama in the 10th minute, Tiko Isuva in the 22nd, um, Biden's in the 25th minute. So they had three tries there, which is how they got to 15. Um, in the first half, and we were down 10 because only Holder and, um, well, yeah, only, only Holder had scored, which we converted, and then we also had a penalty for three. Um, in the second half, Howden scored, and so did Houston. That was in the 62nd minute and 73rd. Apparently, they have a song dedicated to just Houston. I feel like we should have a song dedicated just to a player. I don't know who it would be. Um, I feel like we could do a song now about Mike Shepard and like tackling the ref. If anybody saw that, it's kind of funny. Um, I'll have to think about that. So, anyways, um, they they struggled with their kicking in this game, and really, if if their kicking had been better, I mean, they were just Nola was missing kicks left and right, and. Uh, conversion kicks and penalties, whatever. And that I think that definitely made a difference in this game where if everything had been the same and they had just made those kicks, we would have lost. Um, but, you know, I also think <laughs> they weren't destined to make those kicks and we outperformed them as a result. Um, you know, kicks, kicks are something where it's like, in, you know, you can charge down the conversion kick and then... Um, you can't put pressure on the penalty kick. You could maybe like give a guy a weird look uh, while he's kicking, but I don't think that does anything. And so, you know, that's really on Nola for not scoring those. It didn't have a lot to do with what we were doing. Um, I think we could have prevented more of their tries again, just from from uh, defense. And and I don't think it was about you know we made we had to make a lot of tackles, but there were a couple. Um, key tackles we missed where um, we let them go. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to talk about scoring because obviously that's what offense is um, made of. Let's talk about set piece on offense. So in the first half, um, it looks like we had seven lineouts, and in the second half, we had five. So I guess that's 12 total. Um, I am going through my notes on this and it looks like there were some that we overthrew, but we still won. Um, I'm seeing, uh, we dropped the first line out. So that was one that was not successful. We overthrew our fourth line out, um, so that's two missed, and we dropped another in the second half. So um, it looks like 
Oh, and we jumped before we were set on one of them. So that was four lineouts that were not successful out of 12. Um, that's pretty significant. That's a third of our lineouts, one and three. Um, we've done better in the past. Um, and then scrums. Oh, and, and patterns uh, in the lineout. We were throwing it um, a lot to number five, Crumray, our lock. Um, we threw uh, the four others that we didn't throw to them. We threw it to uh, number four, Cam Polson, and number eight, Aladdin Shermer. So... We were throwing it, um, it looks like, only to the back and the middle. Um, so then we weren't throwing it to the front. And we also, in the lineout, we varied our setup with how many forwards we had in the lineout because you can change that. Um, we started with seven, and then we moved to short lineouts to make sure we were securing it. Um, because we dropped that first one, and so we adjusted. But, I mean, you know, I think, I think it would have been easy to, to, to misinterpret what was going wrong with some of the lineouts as, as Shepard not throwing well, but he threw just fine, and it was going through the hands of uh, the jumpers, like um, Crumray or Polson or Shermer. Um, so... We we did a little bit of everything. One time we had seven forwards in the lineout. Other times we had four. Sometimes we had five because we were sort of imitating what the other team was doing, um, where it would have the two um, on the, the ends of the line and then three walking up in the middle that would suddenly jump to a certain spot. Um, you'll notice, you may have noticed if you watched, and you'll, you'll see this a lot in rugby, um, when you have a lineout that's close to the try line where you want to score of the opposition that they're defending, um, you want to be if if you have a good forward pack that you can rely on is you want to be ready to um, get into you know like a mall or like a driving situation where as soon as you bring the ball down from the lineout, all the forwards come together and the ball goes to the back of that and you push. That's called a mall. Um, from a back's perspective, that's called a mall. I'm sure some forwards will snicker at that. Um, but what what's, ends up happening in the lineout is you have six committed there in the line, and then one of the flankers um, just sitting behind that. So it's like a 6-1 sort of setup. And um, that's, that's a good setup to drive because then the ball's going to get to the flanker in the back um, to push on those forwards up front. Um, yeah, so, I mean, sometimes we had seven, sometimes we had four people, um, sometimes we had five forwards, sometimes we had the six, one setup, um, which worked well for us. And then, um, so that's lineouts for scrums. Um, in the first half, we had three scrums that I counted, um, and in the second half, uh, we had eight scrums. We were always playing the open side. So in a scrum, 
Um, you're going to be closer to one sideline or touch um, line, <laughs> touch line, touch. So the blind side is, is like the short side, the, sh- the side that has a, a narrow, um, it's, it's shorter between you and the sideline than, than the other sideline. So the open side is the, the big side where there's all the space to work with. And so that's where you get the position names of like open side flanker and blind side flanker because they're always on those respective sides of the scrum. Um, we had Shermer pick it up out of the scrum, um, three times out of the, I guess, 11 scrums that we had, um, by the looks of my notes, we, uh, came away unsuccessful from three of those 11 scrums, um, you know, this is this is our strong suit. We did we did better um, just marginally on scrums than lineouts. Our our forwards are gifted. It is hard in the heat to be scrumming. Uh, you could imagine, and Khalifi, for example, um, our loose head prop was in for like seventy minutes, and that was amazing in itself. Um, we brought in, I want to say it was, uh, we brought in Gordon, Kellen Gordon, who you may remember from our home opener, um, to sub in for Metcher, who's just been probably the best tight head prop in MLR. Um, yeah, I mean, scrumming was interesting. Um, something also to pay attention to with the scrums is, um, which channel, the ball is going into. So there's a quick channel and there's a slow channel. And the quick channel is channel one. Channel one is the close side to the scrum half. So the scrum half's always loading the ball in on the left side. Um, so that that is channel one because it's quicker to get back through the scrum and then he can get the ball out quick. And then the second side, the slower side, uh, wraps around to the loose head prop and back to number eight in the back. Um, and that's a good situation to drive and end up with like a pick and go um, from the number eight where he just picks it up and runs. So um, I had us down. Sometimes it's kind of hard to tell um, just watching on Root Sports, but I had us down with, going for the second channel only three times um, and then mostly favoring that quick channel, which I think plays well to uh, Phil Mack's uh, attacking style. Um, he likes to be quick to get that ball out and um, you know be a threat at the line and then get the ball out to uh, you know the back line or the, uh, the forwards of the moment. So, yeah, scrumming, that's what scrumming looked like. Um, In terms of the kickoffs that we received, um, we were receiving mostly kickoffs in the middle, so not the left-hand side of the field or the right-hand side, Um, mostly in the middle, a couple on the left-hand side. We received six kickoffs um, where they deep middle or short um there's kind of a combination the first two were 
in the first three were like middle or middle short, um, mostly middle short. There were a couple deep. Um, Crumray was uh, able to catch two of those kicks. Holder was able to catch another two. Mac caught one of them, but also knocked another one of them on. Um, yeah, um, let's talk about let's do penalties real quick. So um, we had eight penalties total that I got down. Um, let's see. Shermer was offsides. Khalifi did not roll away. Tolu Ta'u uh, made a high tackle and then had his hands in the ruck. So that was two for him. Um, also had two turnovers, one. So I don't know, kind of made up. Um, there were no, none of our players were yellow carded, which is good. Um, I think Khalifi was penalized for pulling down on the scrum. Um, Smith did not release the ball as a ball carrier, our fly half, um, penalized for that. And then, ooh, a third with Tolutau was not rolling away. Um, and then there was a side entry later on from Eric. I really need to get these names right. Duke, Dukley, but they say his name is like Duchelle. And I just don't see it spelled that way, but I would love to be corrected just so I can get this right. So, yeah, we had eight penalties. Um, you always want to see as few penalties as possible. Um, it's, you know, as, as much as I like um, the player that was at blindside flanker that match, uh, Vili Tolutao, um, you know, seeing three penalties from him is definitely um, a red flag. And when I move through, like, my individual stats on him, um, he played the whole game. He missed one tackle, um, which was in the second half. He made 10 tackles total, um, more in the first half. That was eight in the first half. He assisted with four tackles. Um, he, he only made one pass in each half. He knocked the ball on once, and then the penalties against him were, were numerous. Um, he was helpful in the rucks. He was first there five times in the first half, twice in the second half. Um, he had 10 carries with ball in hand, five in each half. Um, you know, how would I grade his, uh, his overall performance I don't know you guys are probably gonna hate whatever I say um there's probably gonna be something wrong with it no matter what I would say that it was like uh it was like a c plus performance there and I'm just I'm just picking on him because um you know he had he had a lot of penalties against him um and you know I could go into reviewing whether or not these penalties were fair and all the details but you just you kind of have to deal with what the ref gives you, right? And um, you know, ask like what was going on with a player that got penalized three times. Um, I am working for our next match on some better stats. Um, I'm just kind of getting used to all this. 
Um, I am really excited to be breaking down the match stats and um, trying to put that into salient points for you to understand what happened in the game. But, you know, I think the biggest thing to understand in this game is it was tough, the conditions, hot and humid. And um, in some ways we earned the win and in some ways we were lucky to get this win because Nola was just not making their kicks. Um, I just want to say, like, I don't understand what drove their inside center slash fly half um, Taylor Howden to put that late hit on Peter Smith at the end of our match. I don't know what happened. It wasn't clear on TV if he got a yellow card or any kind of, like, he should totally be cited for that. It was disrespectful. Um, I guess this is like a late juice and jabber section. Um, also, um, I heard from um, uh, a friend that uh, Barkwell is waiting appeal right now on a possible suspension. And that, like no one even really knows what it was for. Um, which it would have been in the in the Glendale game, um, and you know Shepard is great at hooker. Barkwell is has been our starting hooker. Um, put on a great a great win against San Diego Legion. Uh, battled it out against the Raptors, and you know couldn't couldn't be there today with our. <laughs> I keep saying today. Couldn't be there for that NOLA match, um, which was unfortunate. So that's a developing situation. Um, I appreciate you tuning in. That's been match stats for NOLA versus Seattle. Um, we are playing Utah this weekend on Sunday at home at Starfire Stadium, which I will be at. And you can expect um, before... Before the next podcast, which, gosh, I hope I can get done by Sunday evening, um, you can expect a match preview to come out like uh, on my Seawolf Pod Medium blog, and I'll make it as easy as possible as long as you're following me on Instagram at Seawolf Pod to just instruct you on how to get to those um, blog posts so you can know kind of what to be expecting for that match. Um, I think we're going to win. And, you know, Utah is a good team. Um, I would say definitely keep your eyes peeled for Paul Lasique. Um I might need to catch up, though, on any players that were injured. I know the Whippy brothers are out, which is really unfortunate. They suffered... The same, basically the same injuries, really bad um, leg injuries. But anyways, this is the Seawolves Rugby Podcast. I'm going to tell you about the Seawolves. I'm going to tell you how the Seawolves are going to have a chance against Utah in that article. So keep your eyes peeled for it. Um, thanks so much, WolfPod, for tuning in. I uh, would really appreciate it if you uh, rate Seawolf Pod on Apple Podcasts. Uh, five stars so it can help other Seawolves fans find it and uh, if you do I will humor you by reading your review uh, 
taking a video of myself and putting it on Instagram. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, you'll want to follow me on Instagram, too, if that's what you end up doing. Um, this is Raymond T. It's been a fun podcast, and uh, I look forward to hunting with all of you for the rest of this season, Wolf Pod. Thanks so much. I appreciate all the shout-outs and banter on social media, um, whether it's on Twitter or uh, DMs on Instagram. Uh, just loving the season, loving the Sea Wolves, and really glad to be a part of this with all of you. Um, I hope I didn't miss my sign-off uh, on that long podcast with... Uh, with Nick at LL Rugby, but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to call it up again here just to uh, finish things off. So Wolf Pod, um, you know the deal. It is hunt together, pot alone, and go Sea Wolves. <laughs>